Hi and welcome to another great life impacting message from Bridge Evangelical Christian Church. For more great content and to learn more about our church, visit becc.church. Enjoy. And I might just read those verses again from 1 to 11. That's from the New American Standard Version. Jesus speaking says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may, may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch, and dries up, and they gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. So the Gospel of John was written, of course, by the Apostle John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. The time of writings about AD 85 or later. Um, John's family, he was one of the sons of Zebedee. His mother was Salome. Salome was a sister of Jesus' mother Mary. Jesus and John were cousins, which would explain their close relationship. John's purpose in his gospel is not so much to present new evidence as to clarify issues on which the evidence will either be accepted or rejected. John writes not so much to inform the reader as to confront them with the necessity to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing we notice here, that these are Jesus' words, because in my Bible they are actually coloured in red, they're red letters, words spoken by Jesus. Firstly, Jesus said, I am which references to John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And I meaning I've always been the eternal God. Isn't that rain lovely to hear? Beautiful. Jesus said, I am the true vine, the one who cannot lie. The genuine article. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 
Jesus said, I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus said, his father is the vine dresser. Father meaning God as the creator, preserver and governor of all things and humankind. The fact is that God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, watches over us with a divine parental love and care. I kind of like that. The vine dresser is God himself who cultivates the soil and the vines to his glory. But Jesus being the vine and we being his followers are the branches. Verse 2, every branch, all included, every person that does not bear fruit to produce fruit by natural growth will bear fruit. He, God the Father, takes away to take up, to lift up, to raise, particularly as you would pick up stones from the ground, as in John 8, 59. As branches meaning to cut off, to prune. Surely it is the Father's will that we just don't survive and hang in there, but we thrive, that we really live life to the full and more abundantly, as we've just read. God the Father has given us spiritual life in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a life which is living, obviously, vital and a close personal relationship with Jesus. That's where we find it. As we maintain this relationship, it will certainly be fruitful and grow as would any other relationship, but this is more important because it's with our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So God, the vine dresser, takes away branches that don't bear fruit and every branch that does bear fruit God, the Heavenly Father, prunes it that it may be more fruitful or bear more fruit. So prune meaning to cleanse and purify, which occurs twice in John 15 verse 2. Referring to the vine in that the vine dresser cuts off certain branches in order that other branches may bear more fruit. Dr. Zodiades, who edits in the NASB version, I've got comments. It's evident from the study of John 15 that the Lord Jesus Christ expects much from his branches. If there is no fruit on a branch, that branch is not truly attached to Christ. He's not satisfied with little, but demands that our fruit may be in proportion to his investment in us as indicated by the parable of the talents. You can look at Matthew 25, 14-30. Our rewards or lack of rewards in heaven are measured with the fruits of our labour on this earth. Warren Wearsby comments that there's different types or forms of fruit. Winning others to Christ and helping them grow is fruit from Romans 1.13. Practical holiness of life, Romans 6.22. Sharing what we possess, Acts 2.44 and 45. 
Christian character, the fruit of the Spirit is also fruit, Galatians 5. Praising and thanking God is another kind of fruit, Hebrews 15, 13, 15, sorry. If we are bearing and producing fruit in our lives, staying connected to the vine, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, so that his life is flowing in and through us, God the Father, the vine dresser, or the gardener, will prune us. Why will he do that? That more fruit may be produced in us. I'm not a very good pruner, but I have pruned my grapevines from year to year. Sometimes I thought I cut them back too hard, but the next year there was life, there was vines again. I'm thankful that our Heavenly Father prunes us for our good so that we'll grow and produce more fruit. Our Heavenly Father cleanses and prunes us, his branches, in order that we may produce and bear even more fruit. More meaning more abundantly, greater, above, over, much more. God the Father desires to make us clean, pure, without spot or stain. Romans 12, 1 and 2 we know says, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable and perfect. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Now you are already clean, now marking the action as completed, clean, pure and unsoiled. Clean in a spiritual sense from the pollution and guilt of sin. Something about that this morning. Sincere, upright, void of evil. 1 Peter 1.15 But like the Holy One who calls you, be holy yourselves in all your behaviour and in all you do. Matthew 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God's word certainly does have a cleansing effect on our lives, conforming us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8.29 says. Ephesians 5.26 says, He that is Jesus might sanctify her, the church, having cleansed her by the washing with, of water with the word. So verse 4, to abide, to remain, to dwell, to make your home, to live. Chiefly in John's writings refers to remain in or with someone. For instance, to be and remain united with Jesus in heart and mind and will. So abiding equals life. And that Greek word is zoe look that up and it means life 
life referring to the principle of life in the spirit and the soul. Clearly different from bios life, which is physical life, which physically we're alive. When we are born, we are physically alive, but spiritually we are dead without the Lord Jesus Christ. Zoe life expresses all the highest and best which Christ is. John 14, 6. 1 John 1, verse 2. How do we get that life? We also heard again this morning, you must be born again spiritually. You can read John chapter 3. And Jesus speaking to Nicodemus of that account. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me or by me. So abide is to live and remain and to dwell in Jesus. And allow his life to come through and to be lived through you and me. We're not as strong as we think we are, wrote Rich Mullins and sang in one of his songs. We're not. We cannot live the Christian life in our own strength and expect to be fruitful. What happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, and serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. That's Galatians 5, the message translation. Verse 5, Jesus is the vine. You and I are the branches. If we abide in Jesus, stay connected to and in fellowship with the very source of life, then abiding will be obedience. Allowing God to have his way in us. Why is that? Verse 5, because apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. Zero, nothing, not a thing. Just like in Romans 8 from verse 35 to 39, that nothing can separate us from God's love. In comparison, we can do nothing apart from Jesus and abiding in his life in the vine. So if we're connected to Jesus, the vine, then the Holy Spirit will fill us and bring us ability to produce the fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5. And we all know these. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Withers, or withered, have you seen something lately? I cut this off a few days ago because I'm not very good at PowerPoint. This, come off of, <laughs> this came off of my grapevine at our old house, and I just thought, well, what? You can see what's happened. It's dry. A picture tells a thousand words, doesn't it? 
So if we sin and cut ourselves off from fellowship with Jesus, we don't lose our salvation, but we begin to die spiritually and feel the effects of that, don't we? As Stuart mentioned, 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and we can return to fellowship with God and enjoy God's forgiveness once again. So it doesn't take something very long to die or begin to die or will when it's separated from the source of life. Warren Risby says, A true branch, united with the vine, will always bear fruit. Not every branch bears a bumper crop, just as not every field has a bumper harvest. But there is always fruit where life is. If there is no fruit, the branch is worthless and is cast away and burned. He says, I do not believe our Lord is teaching here that true believers can lose their salvation, for that would contradict what he taught in John 6.37. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them. And they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This equals eternal security. If you abide in me, verse 7, and my words abide in you, to abide, remain, to dwell in Jesus, you and I will certainly live. Remember, not Bios life, but Zoe life. The grace given by God when we believe in Jesus will save, equip, and give divine enablement to live the Christian life, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, 8-10. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When our hearts and lives belong to Jesus, eternally secure, then Jesus' desires become our desires, and our will becomes his will. by our will being swallowed up in his will. Surrendering, placing ourselves under the lordship of Jesus Christ, being obedient to him. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. If God's words and the words of Jesus, remember the red letters, are abiding and living in us, we will then desire to stay connected. Abide in Jesus the vine. We need to stay daily surrendered to Jesus and allow him to have complete control of our lives. Our old sin nature will come along and tempt us to live independently from God and abiding in Jesus the vine. But this is death spiritually for us and interrupts our fellowship and relationship with God and Jesus our Lord. 
when we claim God's forgiveness, as I've quoted 1 John 1 9, God is certainly faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I like that little word all in there. That means all included, everything. And when we truly repent and are restored through God's forgiveness, then those other verses of 1 John 6 to 8 say, If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So verse 8. By this is my Father glorified, that you and I bear much fruit, and so prove to be Jesus' disciples. The glory of God must mean his unchanging essence. Giving glory to God is ascribing to him his full recognition. How is God glorified? When you and I bear much fruit, we also prove to be Jesus' disciples by his fruit displayed in our lives. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, Jesus speaking. How has the Father loved Jesus? Fully, completely. So, Jesus says, I have loved you. As a direction of his will, as his free choice to do so. To love and esteem. To have high respect or high regard for someone. Jesus says, in effect, that just as the Father has loved him before the beginning of time, so he loves us. A few weeks ago there was a, a song played, Amazing Love. It really is an amazing love that our Father God has for us and that Jesus loves us with full. Verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. To keep means to warden, place a guard, to observe attentively, or to keep our eyes fixed upon. So let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. To make the Lord Jesus Christ and God's love our first thing, our main focus. This love is God's agape love. His benevolent love, meaning charity. Its benevolence is not shown in by doing what the receiver wants, but what the receiver needs as God sees our need. Example, God so loved the world that he gave, not what man wanted, but what man needed, Jesus, God's only son, to bring forgiveness to mankind's sin. We can only respond in love to God through the love he has already given us in Jesus. But God demonstrates his own love toward us that in that while we were yet were still sinners, Christ died for us. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made full. Um, I never got to go to an Operation Christmas Child distribution. I was due to go one year, um, but the airfield in Vanuatu wasn't up to standard, so they cancelled the trip. But 
I just saw this little picture on my way in today of a child opening a shoebox. Um, and I was thinking about joy. Is there anything sad or untoward there? Absolute joy probably because that's been the first present that child probably would have ever received. How much more the joy of Jesus should be in us and made full. In Hebrews 12.2, thinking about Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him. Jesus knew already before he died on the cross that all of those people that would come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, he knew that joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And later in John 15, 13 to 14, some well-known verses, greater love has no one than this, than one lay down his life for his friends and says, you are my friends if you do what I've commanded you. As I close this morning, I'd just like to encourage us all to stay close to Jesus. Each day to abide in the vine, to allow his life to flow through us because he's blessed us to indeed be a blessing to others. Um, if anyone's unsure of their relationship to Jesus, now is the day to be reconciled to God. And don't leave today until you speak to someone and have your questions answered. We're so thankful that Jesus willingly gave his life in death on the cross for us so that we can experience fully his life and the forgiveness of our sins. And I'll just close by, before I pray, just sharing Jude 1, 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand, in the presence of his glory, blameless and with great joy, to the only God our Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful this morning again that we can come before your word and listen to what your word is saying to our hearts this morning. We just pray your Holy Spirit would help us to apply your word. We thank you again for our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who loves us with the Father's love, who willingly gave his life in death on the cross and rose again so that we could know this life, this Zoe life, life of the highest form of spiritual life in Christ. And so, Father... We just ask your blessing on each one this morning and pray that we would digest your words into our lives and take them into this new week, we pray. In Jesus' name.